Now back to the show. Show, show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Tyler Rocky, Shane Orling. We talk college football with you every single Saturday in the fall, leading you into kickoff of the 11 o'clock game. So don't forget, we're going to be at Fatty's in DeKalb a week from today doing the show live out there, 1312 West Lincoln Highway. We'd love to see you out there. Thanks to our friends over at Bud Lights. So come on out. Join us there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to get out to Fatty's in DeKalb. All right, Shay, believe it or not, we have hit the halfway point of the college football season. Tough to tough to think that it has flown by at the speed that it has so far. But week seven, getting ramped up for today. And there has been, it, it has been an unbelievably fun season yeah. of college football for us. You've got all these different storylines. Can Georgia go for the three-peat? Can Michigan get over the hump and into a title game? Can What's the Pac-12's season going to look like this year in their swan song? All of that. Is Texas back? Is, is what's happening with Alabama? So for you, let's start with some of the biggest surprises that we've seen so far here in 2023. What kind of leads your list of biggest surprises so far? I would say just the Pac-12 as a whole. Like I, I think we talked in the offseason about this being maybe the best quarterback conference in the country, yeah. mm-hmm. how all of the really high-flying quarterbacks, the passing offenses, how fun this these games could be to watch. Yeah, I don't think either of us thought the Pac-12 would be this good. You you have today seven teams in the top twenty-five. It leads the way of all the Power Five conferences in terms of ranked teams. Uh, two, three of them in the top ten. I, Wazoo, I thought was terrible. Came mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere to be a top 25 team. Cam Ward, their quarterback, is a blast. Uh, UCLA, not great offensively, but defensively, holy cow. They might be one of the best defenses in the country. The conference as a whole, like, I never thought I would be committing this amount of my Saturdays to watching Pac 12 football. Oh, and yeah. It, it's terrible it's because Pac 12 network's awful, but. The swan song of this conference, like I kind of thought it would be USC, Oregon, Washington, and the rest will figure out, like Utah, fourth, but kind of a distant fourth. And Utah, fourth, but playing without a quarterback all year. Yeah. Like that's. It's pretty incredible. To see just how good this conference has been, top to bottom, like even Arizona, with not great one and two in conference games, but have been kind of a frisky out they'll play tough football Mm -hmm. cal has played closer games than we would have expected like outside of stanford colorado and arizona state there are good teams to great teams throughout the entire conference and it's been so fun to watch i'm gonna go off of a branch of what you just gave there but the surprise for me that's been fun is that there's not one but two teams ranked ahead of usc and usc hasn't lost a game yet this year like that is Fun for me to see the elevation of Washington and Oregon and the fact that you're going to see eventually some of these teams play each other. The Pac-12 championship is going to be an awesome game. I mean, it, it delivered last year. It's going to deliver again this year. And I'm happy with whatever combination of teams you get out of a crop of 
Washington, Oregon, USC, and I'll even throw Utah in there. Think about USC starting the preseason sixth in the rankings with a first-place vote. And despite winning all of their games, falling to 10th as we hit the halfway point. Like, that's... We've talked about how bad their defense is. We've talked about Alex Grinch as a coordinator and Lincoln Riley's loyalty to him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of played out. And it's why people are really down on this USC team compared to how they felt in the offseason. Yeah. All right. What's your next surprise? My other big surprise is the SEC is bad. I never really expected this. Like... You had, I know Kirby Smart goes out last week ahead of the Kentucky blowout and says every SEC team should be ranked, and you have some kind of reputation rankings. Georgia, deservedly the number one team in the country, but like some of these teams that are ranked right now, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, have not looked good. Alabama at 11, it looks far from vintage Alabama. Like, if you had told me, Heading at the at the midway point that the SEC would have one team in the top ten, I would have been stunned. I'm figuring you're going to have Georgia in there. You'll have Alabama in there. You'll have LSU in there. Maybe Ole Miss gets frisky. The way that the SEC just across the board is bad, I never thought that this conference could hit this type of a low top to bottom. Yeah, it's been... I think one one of and I was going to get to them in a disappointment, but I'll I'll share it now. But Texas A and M, oh yeah, they, that's a team that they lead the way on my disappointments, and that's back to back years now of major disappointment for that program. I mean, I, like how how does Jimbo survive the year? I don't think he does. The amount of resources that f- pour into that program, like they have donors who have oil money, they have boosters who are really passionate about college football, and Jimbo, what is You're this? You're an SEC team in Texas. Is it? What is this? You're seven for Jimbo at Texas A&M? You're is six? really already that many? It's wow. been a while that he's been there, and it's like this is the culmination of what you've been building. You had the quarterback who we were told is the guy in Connor Wiegman. He never looked great. The offense constantly bogs down. The defense is really good, but you just play these ugly, low-scoring games, and then you can't beat this version of Alabama. You go to Miami, and you let them pass all over you. Like, I thought this was an A&M team that could have won the conference this year with all of the things that they had put together. And again, you're 4-2 and two as you hit the midway point, and it just feels like you're never going to get there. Like, Jimbo at A&M has been one of the most disappointing coaching hires I can really remember. Off the national title at Florida State, and people think, oh, A&M, it's the perfect spot. The resources are infinite. Jimbo can put this thing together. He has been dreadful. He's got an enormous buyout, but again, you have the resources that you can hit the money and get him out of there. I think this is the critical point. That's where it gets really interesting with Dion because A&M's going to get him on the phone. Yeah, they have to. And we'll see, like, we'll see what De- where Dion's loyalty lies. Like, is he going to bounce around again after just one year? I think he wants to build a little bit of something. So I think he would lean staying at Colorado. I feel like he's got at year. least two years there. Yeah, you think uh, two more or two including this year? Two including this year. Okay. And I would add honestly to my list of surprises. Colorado. Yeah. Like, as hard as I've been on them, and again, it's not that I'm rooting against Dion or I'm rooting against Colorado. It's just the media hype made me uncomfortable around it. Nobody was being honest about what this team is. That said, 
winning four games should be seen as an immense success. Mm-hmm. This was a 1-11 team, 50-plus transfers. I pegged them for one or two wins. I think you look at the rest of their schedule and you probably go, okay, they're out of wins. At UCLA, you're going to lose. Oregon State, you're going to lose. Arizona, I think you're going to lose. At Wazoo, you're going to lose. And at Utah, you're going to lose. But don't let the way that this season ends for Colorado color your opinion of them going forward. This has been a massively successful season for the Building a college football team in one year is impossible. You can't do it. It doesn't matter who. There has to be some level of infrastructure there. Taking over a 1-11 team and trying to build something is impossible. It's impossible. You can't do it. Especially when you, you bring in that many transfers and you've got a coach that's coming up from the FCS ranks too. Like That is a, a damn near impossible task. Uh, one of my other big surprises of the year is the the rise of the basketball schools. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Louisville, North Carolina, and Duke. Duke. Kansas. Kentucky. Like... All of these schools are having great seasons. They're all nestled inside the top 25 right now. And I think North Carolina, we, we should preview this game at some point, too. Uh, they've got a good one against Miami today. But the defense hasn't been bad. And that was the big concern with them heading into this season was, uh, all right, you know you've got, you're going to have the – they almost felt like USC light, yeah. right? You've got the high-flying offense, Heisman candidate quarterback, but the defense, ugh. That's going to be a thing that really holds them back. Outside of the App State game, 17 in a neutral site against South Carolina, 13 at home against Minnesota, 24 on the road against Pitt, and 7 at home against Syracuse. Yeah, I think, too, like every week if you look at the spreads, they're just like a 6-7 point favorite. People are building in the defense being bad. The past few weeks, they've been blasting their covers. They've been excellent against the number. I think the defense has played over their head, and maybe that comes to bite you as the season winds down, but that look, the rise of the basketball schools has been a part of why this season has been so fun. I don't know how to connect the dots, but it feels like NIL has something to do with it. I'm trying to, like, in my mind, connect the dots somewhere, but I think that's it. It could. I mean, some of the basketball schools, I think basketball was a little more progressive than football in embracing what the NIL and college sports were turning into, it felt like the those schools were ahead of the curve a little bit. So maybe just yeah. as an athletic department, some of those schools have an advantage bringing it into the football side of things. You know, what's interesting, too, is a lot of those teams are, are teams that are kind of in transition, too, like Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, all in transition on the basketball side. And I wonder how much that has a role in it of, all right, let's really build some infrastructure with football as a yeah kind of safety net in case you know what hits the fan with the basketball side of things there what's your biggest disappointment my biggest disappointment is probably notre dame the fact that their season's over in week seven yeah that's this was a year two and like we talked about it when they started five and oh or at five and one it felt mm-hmm. like boy going into the ohio state game certainly could they just run the table and go to the playoff? Like, is this the Manti Teo year all over they again? They had Ohio, like, they had control of that game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and if, like, if they win that game, are we talking about their season a lot differently? Do they still lose to Louisville? I don't know the answer to those questions. But at 5-2, and two, and now there's conversation, could Marcus Freeman be on the hot seat? 
it is for the Irish. It is definitely a disappointing year. Yeah, I think the easy out for me, as far as disappointing, would be Michigan State and like firing the head coach. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say the number three team in the country at five and zero is disappointing. But Ohio State just does not look right outside of the Western Kentucky game and the credit you have to get. For the fourth quarter, the final drive, mm-hmm. taking out Notre Dame on the road at night, hostile environment. A couple of fourth downs he had to convert. McCord down the way making with a young quarterback. Yeah, McCord making big time throws. You get credit for that, but to come out flat against Maryland off a bye week today, you've got an interesting spot with some injuries against Purdue on the road, and it just feels like they're a little bit behind where Penn State and Michigan are. I kind of felt like going into the season, Kyle McCord was a sleeper Heisman. So far, he's just not been very good. He's a guy where it's like, are we sure he's going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year? Well, they were supposed to split snaps this year, but apparently Devin Brown died. Like, I don't know where Devin Brown is. Like, how far is he behind? He must be miles. Because, look, Tyler, remember week one going into it? They're going to share half the snaps. Devin Brown got A series. Yeah. And McCord mm-hmm. wasn't playing well. No. Like, Devin Brown in practice must be terrible. And that's part of why I start to wonder do they move on from Ryan Day if they lose to Michigan again? It's part of the, part of the equation, for sure. Um, another team I want to throw out at you. And the record doesn't scream this, kind of like what you were saying with Ohio State. The record doesn't say disappointment, but Wisconsin, it just has felt very sleepy for a team that was supposed to be high flying. Like, just, they were going to be the Ohio State of the Big Ten West, and they just haven't been that. Um, You'll lose, I guess, the game doesn't look like an awful result because Washington State has risen, but you lose on the road against Washington State. It was a weird win against Buffalo to open the year, and maybe that's just, okay, that's the first game you're you're getting on the turf with these guys. Um, But then just, it hasn't felt convincing with Wisconsin this year. I think the way I would frame it for Wisconsin is not that the team is a disappointment because where they are at from where they were, like they're a 10-point favorite today against Iowa. They, they're way better than they were a year ago. Tanner Mordecai has been an enormous disappointment through the transfer portal, kind of assumed could he be the third, maybe top two quarterback in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. He was great at SMU. I know nobody watched him, so if you don't, if you're not familiar, came from SMU, put up massive numbers, kind of that spread style of quarterback Luke Fickle likes, gets to Wisconsin, and he just kind of stinks. Like, he's been bad. And then you have Graham Mertz, who was the former Wisconsin quarterback, go to Florida, and he's been by far the best transfer quarterback. Yeah. Him or DJ Uyunglele, who mm. has had a couple clunkers. I guess te- technically Shador Sanders, too. But. Yeah, sure. But like you get the point. Like The Power 5 transfer quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You lost Graham Mertz. He's been good at Florida. You brought in Tanner Mordecai. He's been bad for you. So I think just the fickle offense, I thought it would be further along than it is right now. That's been a huge disappointment. Yeah. All right, we're halfway home on the college football season. When we come back... Let's get into a little bit of the Heisman race because Shea has entered the Heisman market officially. I'm going to make you some money here. We'll discuss that and also Dr. Pottinger is going to let us know what injuries we've got on deck for today. What you need to know, all that's coming up next. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shea and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. 
Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. We're at the halfway point, and the Heisman market has gotten interesting as we started to look a little bit at the odds when we were doing the recap podcast on Monday. By the way, you can catch that every single Monday in your feeds on the Chicago's College Tailgate tab of the ESPN Chicago app. But, Shay, you, you're you not someone that likes to get in on the preseason Heisman hype. Nope. You're more of a... And, and I, I, I get that. I think it's, it's not a, a bad move at all. But you like to kind of wait it out a little bit, see how the season transpires. And because then you don't have to deal with as many injuries and all that stuff. You can kind of weed through some of that. But you finally entered the Heisman market this week. And yeah. it's a pick that we brought up a couple weeks ago that said, and we said, you know, this might be an interesting one. And we didn't hit it then. Well, I but, think we were smart not to. We had to wait. And after what happened last weekend, when Oklahoma beat Texas, it became entry point time. Mm-hmm. Be- and so, I'm almost surprised at how it didn't dip enough. It, that's my biggest point with this. So I'm going to give the people an automatic bet where you will gain value guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If you go through the Heisman market today, Caleb Williams and Bo- and uh, Michael Penix Jr. are the co-favorites, around mm-hmm. 2-1. to one. Yeah. You've got Bo Nix trailing kind of shortly behind at 6-1. to one, And then you get deeper into the odds, some more long shots. And Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, off of a big road win with a huge final minute and a half drive. A touchdown a, drive. Not a field goal right, drive, a touchdown drive. Down a field goal. That's the Drives his team for a touchdown against Texas. Red River Showdown at the Cotton Bowl. Big moment. He passed it. He's 12-1 to 1 right now. Here's the rub on Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, and, uh, and Michael Penix Jr. I almost said Drake May. Bo Nix and Michael Penix play each other today. One of them is guaranteed to take a loss. Loser leaves town. Yep. Loser drops in the Heisman rating. For sure. Is there a middle ground we can build where this is like a... A shootout and each guy throws five touchdowns? 42-39 final and like both guys... Sure, we can build that in. But regardless, one of them takes a loss. And fun fact, the only two Heisman winners in the playoff era to not make the playoff were Lamar when he broke every single record and Caleb when he was a Pac-12 title loss away from making the playoff. I think you look at USC, Tyler, you and I agree. The defense is horrible. Mm -hmm. This might be a three- or four-loss team as the season winds down. Big test today at Notre Dame. But are they really going to run the gauntlet with Oregon, Utah, and then an eventual Pac-12 title game? I feel like the answer there is no. The defense just can't stand up. Being the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, you, you would think would help. But I think almost to a degree hurts Caleb if they don't make the playoff. Voter because, fatigue? Well, not necessarily voter fatigue, but you won the Heisman last year and you didn't make the playoff. And then the team gets gonna, worse. Are we going to reward you for, yes, potentially a worse team? Even though it's not necessarily his fault because the defense can't stop anything. But at some point, the wins have to, to be there too. And you have to get to... I just can't see a, a world where we have back-to-back years of Caleb Caleb Williams winning the Heisman, and also missing the playoff. On the Dylan Gabriel side, Oklahoma had their big test with Texas. They won the game. The rest of their schedule is against a horrid Big 12. You're going to, like, West Virginia's the next best team, and they just lost to Houston on a Hail Mary. 
The Big 12's terrible. Oklahoma's going to be huge favorites in all of their games until they inevitably see Texas again in the Big 12 title game. Caleb's going to have opportunities to rack up four or five, or Caleb, Dylan Gabriel's going to have opportunities to rack up four or five touchdown games every single week, and he'll ride in as the gauntlet Pac-12 cannibalizes itself. And I think like 12 to 1 today, by the time one of Bo Nix or Michael Penix are out of this race next week, you're looking at Caleb or uh, Dylan Gabriel. Why do I keep doing that? Mm. You're looking at Dylan Gabriel 4 to 1, 5 to 1. He'll be the second best odds to win the Heisman. Like, I'm not telling you he's going to win. But if you're interested in making a futures bet, mm-hmm. you're going to get free money on this. Yeah. You can get it 12 to 1 today. Almost Maybe a little cash out value down the road. Almost guaranteed to be shortened. And then you get into a Big 12 title where maybe at that point he's the favorite and you can hedge out of it any way you want if you think Texas beats them in the Big 12 title. I, at 12 to 1, I told you earlier this week, he should have the same number as Caleb, as Michael Penix, as Bo Nix. He should be up there in that crowd. The fact that Dylan Gabriel, with the monster numbers he's put up on a great Oklahoma offense and a legit Heisman moment, touchdown drive, final minutes against Texas... How is he 12 to 1? It makes no sense. He can only improve. He's thrown for almost 1900 yards this year, 16 to 2 touchdown to interception right now. Like he he doesn't have quite the Caleb numbers, but he's more likely to go undefeated the rest of the way yeah. than Caleb Williams. And then is. if you're worried about Drake May, it's another team with what we Here's think is not about- a great defense and he hasn't put up big numbers. He'd right. have to go He's got the yardage, but he doesn't have the touchdowns. He only has eight touchdowns and four of them he threw last week. He'd have to go nuclear every game the rest of the way to catch up to the guys who are in front of him. And it, could he do it? Maybe, but I'll bet against him doing that. I will say I don't know, he could. <laughs> like I'm looking at the schedule here. He could. And it starts today against Miami, and then you follow that up with Virginia at Georgia Tech, Campbell, home against Duke, at Clemson, at NC State. Like, it could happen. It could. He, ha- he has a lot of catch-up to play right now. But you're and taking... they have to win out. Correct. And that's a big thing. Like, the, the ACC's not easy. Again, making the playoff is really important for Heisman voters. Florida State feels like the class of that conference. It's not an easy task for North Carolina to make a playoff. I think you're getting huge value on Dylan Gabriel if you're into the betting side of things. It's a bet you virtually have to make. All right, before we get to our picks in just a little bit, one thing that is important when you are making your picks, you got to know the injury report, right? And our guy, Justin Pottinger, Dr. Pottinger, has our injury report for today. What do you have for us, Justin? Yes, guys, we're about 30 minutes away till those 11 a.m. games start. And let me say, the doctor is in. We'll start in the Big Ten with Purdue and Ohio State. Guys, the running backs, they're not looking too good. Tyrone Tracy, senior RB, is out today for Purdue. This is big news. The running back has five <sighs> touchdowns this season. So the Boilermakers will be struggling running the ball. And same with Ohio State. Star running back Travion Henderson now back and forth, guys, all morning. It's been reports he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. 
The latest report I am seeing is that he is not in pads for the final warm-up session for the Buckeyes, so he is not expected to play along with backup running backs Williams and Ibuka. So the three RBs will not be available for the Buckeyes today. That is huge. That's tough. Wow. Huge. That's huge. real tough. In, a, in these conditions, too, in West Lafayette, yeah. where, like look outside if you're in the Chicagoland area. That's what they're going to be dealing with around the Purdue area. you got to be able to run the ball today. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely big losses for the Buckeyes and Purdue. we got some wide receivers as well. Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson, he is out today with an undisclosed injury. That's brutal. This is bad news, of course, for Jordan Travis, but hopefully Florida State can still get it done. Sorry, Tyler. Um, And then we have senior wide receiver Trey Mosley. He is active today for Michigan State. The wide receiver has 17 catches and one touchdown on the season, so this is good news for the Spartans to have him back. If the Spartans can't win in Rutgers today, go to Piscataway and lose, I'm going to be in a dark place. (laughs) Being dogs at Rutgers is bad enough. Actually losing the game would put me in a dark place. Anything for the later games, anything we need to know for some of the big games like Oregon and Washington or USC yes, Notre yes, Dame? Yes, So the only two reports that I have right now that I can confirm is that Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, junior quarterback, is doubtful today. Ooh. And Jaden Laura, junior quarterback for Arizona, game time decision with a calf, and it does not look good for him, so he might not be out there today. Calf injuries always kind of scream, not going to play. Yes, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All but right, that's I, it. That's I it think, today on the doctor's report. Thank you, Doctor Pottinger. Um, the Riley Leonard one is interesting to me. Yeah, I don't think we're not picking NC State and Duke in the picks. But can we just make our pick right now? Yeah, NC State. NC State. I think that's a that's the way to go there because I mean, if you saw, he was on crutches at the end of that uh, Notre Dame Duke game. He was going out to midfield with crutches for the handshakes after and. I, I don't think we, we thought he'd, we'd see him this week, and hearing that report there, I think it pretty much confirms we won't see him. If Riley Leonard doesn't play, Duke is bad. If Riley yes. Leonard does play, Duke is good. Yes. Like they, so I'll, they are, I'm they taking may NC be State. the most quarterback contingent team in America. Yeah, definitely. Riley Leonard's like the a legit, what, top 12, top 10 quarterback in the country? I mean, this, this is a guy who, if he's healthy the rest of the way and plays well, could play himself into the first round because he's got yeah. stuff like we can talk about how oh, this is a great quarterback crop. A lot of these guys that are going into the NFL draft this year don't have the measurables to be NFL type quarterbacks. Like they're kind of working around a deficit. That's part of why they're in college for their fifth and sixth years. But Riley Leonard, he has all the measurables. What is he? Six, four, six, five yeah. built out. Like he's got everything he, can he wants. Move. He's a, a runner. Yes. Think Josh Allen. That's kind yep. of what he is. Big arm. Right there. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge loss for Duke if he doesn't play. All right. When we come back, we will make our picks against the spread for the week. That's coming up next on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Sh- sh- Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Join us next week, 9 to 11 a.m. at Fatty's in DeKalb. We'll be doing the show live from there. Thanks to our friends over at Bud Light. So looking forward to seeing all of you out in the DeKalb area with us 
over at Fatty's in DeKalb. Great place. 1312 West Lincoln Highway. Cannot wait for it. Gonna be a Very lot of fun. excited. Be out amongst the people. Finally yep. doing this show live. I can't wait. Yep. Cannot wait. All right. Huskies and Eagles. Before we get to our picks, I do want to hit uh, James in New Lenox. He's been waiting for us here. What's up, James? Hey, guys. Uh, I got killed on Colorado last night. I had him in a teaser. And oh, I had him. what are we doing? Yeah, wait, I, well, James, I had did you stop one. watching the game at any point? Uh, I didn't even watch it at all. I was actually oh, okay. playing Madden. But I, I had the radio on, and I was listening to the updates. So I heard it was 29 nothing. I checked the app. It You're didn't give me your a money. cash out. Counting the money? I, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then uh, it went to OT and they ended up losing. But yeah, I had a minus one, so I was I was kind of upset. But I just wonder. Uh, I've been listening to you guys, so it sounds like I might be dead already going into the day. But I figure with the odds that I'm getting for these bets, I like them. I'm at like plus eight fifty on a parlay, and I I usually only do money lines. I got Oregon, Louisville, Utah, North Carolina. Oregon, um, Louisville, and North Carolina. And Utah. And Utah. Yeah, and Utah. And then I have another one. Kind that, of a bold uh, one. Um, I think I used to boost on that one, so it was plus 850, basically. Okay. Um, then I took a chance on one. It's basically plus 4,500. Um, but they're all, you know, underdogs. I got California, Iowa, and USC. California. Doesn't Cal play Utah? Yeah. Schedule. See, this one's like, got, so you, they both can't win. <laughs> this is great no, job. No, right. This yeah, is so a great I mean, job. I'm dead, on, I'm dead on one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. But I placed this uh, this three pick one on the 11th, and I didn't place that other one until this morning. So okay. Well, James, good luck. That's all I can say. With, Here's what I would well, say I with the with, money with, lines. With, with you said the the underdog money line ones, I like to to round robin those. You pick a couple of like underdogs that you think can win because in all likelihood, all three of them aren't going to win. You got to get really lucky if you're going to do that. But if you round robin them and if you're not familiar with what that is, it basically breaks them up into smaller parlays, but with the three teams. Yep. So think of like a round robin tournament. It does that with the different teams. So you get like three two ways instead yeah. of one three mm-hmm. way. I, I think that's the way to go because then if all you need are two of them to hit. And then you're going to make some, some solid money off and of that. And if all three yeah. of them hit, you hit all three round robins, you have a great day. Yeah. I, u- I usually lose by one, so that's advice I probably could have needed like it three years ago. It costs a little bit more, but it's it's something worth looking into. Uh, which one do you think I got a better chance of hitting then, the Cal or the Utah one? The Utah one, I would think. Even without yeah. Cam Rising, I don't think Cal beats Utah straight up. Utah's defense is incredible. Okay. Yeah, Utah's right. a nine-and-a-half-point favorite there. Okay. Good luck, James. Good luck, James. Yep. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Let's get into our picks for today. Justin Pottinger, lead the way for us. We've got, so here's the records right now. Shea, you are a game over 500, 26 and 25. Hang on. I am getting my ass kicked, 16 and 35. Oh, my goodness. I got to see if the math is right. That can't be right. 16 and 35? 7, 11, 15, oh no. oh 19, no. 27. This is bad math somewhere. It's something in 27. Tyler, all right. You got to figure this out. Before the I've show is over, you got to figure this out. Ah, I, I, okay. I found the, the error in the document. It added my, my 2 and 8 from last week twice. That would hurt, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. 
All right, guys. First game on the slate, Florida State, they're minus 18 and a half at Syracuse. Uh, Florida State has been kind of up and down. They're a national title hopeful. They're probably the best team in the ACC, but they just haven't had the big convincing win. I think Syracuse is an opportunity to do it. I think Florida State kicks their teeth in. I'll take the Knolls laying 18 and a half. I'm going to join you there. I mean, the Syracuse team, they got out to a nice little 4-0 start. Everything looked like it was going well. You had a big game against Clemson, and then you fell flat. What's happened is a lot of these teams have tried to make Garrett Schrader be a quarterback, and he can't do it. He is a guy who Mike Leach once said, son, you're a wide receiver now. And it's true. It's showing. I'm rolling with FSU. All right. How about A&M at Tennessee today? A&M, A&M is minus three. Whoa, or Tennessee's plus. minus three. The yes. balls are minus balls three are minus in this three. one. Uh, I, I know everybody's burnt on Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. They play really good defense. They're top five against the run. Tennessee, all they do is run. This is a fight of styles. Could Joe Milton, as a passer, drop back and do what Jalen Milrow was able to do at Kyle Field last week? Sure. Do I think he's going to? No. I think Texas A&M here is at a bit of a discount as a dog. I'm going to take the Aggies in the three. I don't love this game. I'm staying away from the side. I do like the under in this game. I've played that. I got uh, What's the number on that? 54 and a half is what I had it at. Good for I like, you. I like the under on this game, but I'm, I'm going to roll with Texas A&M as well. I, this feels like a game that's going to land right on the number. It's a buy low spot off the bad loss to Bama last week. I think this, this is going to be a game Tennessee wins this by exactly three. I like that, guys. How about Ohio State minus 18 at Purdue? Have you looked outside? The weather's terrible. And apparently, thanks to Dr. Pottinger, we know all the Ohio State Buckeyes have died as of this morning. Uh, so I just they're not going to be able to go in there and run the ball, which I think they're going to want to. This feels like a survive in advance, awful weather, bad team, get in, get out game. I'll take Purdue to cover a big number, even though they're horrible. 18, I don't see how Ohio State's covering that in this kind of weather with no running backs. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Purdue's the spot here. The weather's going to play a huge factor. The injuries, not only do you not have Henderson, but also you're going to miss Ebica out on the outside as well as a, as a receiver. So one of your big-time receiving options is out for Kyle McCord. All right, I'm, I'm rolling with Purdue here. All right, how about Oregon? They're at Washington. Washington is getting three points. My Ducks getting the three. One of the top ten defenses in the country against a Washington team that is outside the top 50 defensively. They can play high-flying offense. I think this game's going to be really exciting. But my Ducks come out on top and win it outright. Give me Oregon in the three. Best game on the slate today. And I am rolling with my Huskies on the other side. This is our challenge bet here. We've got a sweatshirt on the line for this one. But I'm rolling with the Washington Huskies here. Okay, we got the Kansas Jayhawks. Minus three at Oklahoma State. Are we rock chalking today? Any uh, any word on who's going to start at quarterback for the Jayhawks? Jalen Daniels is still questionable. I would say it's Bean, but we'll see. If it's going to be Jason Bean, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I know Gundy's squad is not great this year. It's been one of the worst Oklahoma State teams I've watched in a while. But Kansas going on the road as a favorite with the backup quarterback. 
I, I, it's not a spot where I can take the Jayhawks. I'll go Okie State and the Cowboys. I don't love Jason Bean and what he's done this year. He's been pretty awful. But I, I still, like, Oklahoma State has been terrible. They're really bad. They, like, I, this is a clip the nose te- play for me. Yes, th- this is one of those games where I'm just, I would never touch it with a 10-foot pole. But if, I, if you make me pick it, I'll take Kansas. Awesome. We got USC today. Probably the game of the night at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is minus two and a half. I'm getting Caleb Williams as a dog against a team whose season is over. I believe it's the public side, but I don't no, care. No, actually, I've read Notre Dame is the public side. Then I feel even better. I'm getting Caleb Williams not public as a dog against a team who is dead. I'll take USC. Keep your points. I like USC to win outright tonight. Awesome. How about Miami today? They're on the road versus North Carolina. Should be another great one. North Carolina's minus three. Look ahead line last week on this game was North Carolina minus one. Everybody's burnt off what Miami did against Georgia Tech. Here's the secret. Miami outgained Georgia Tech by 200 yards. They ran 30 more plays. Lost two fumbles, minus three turnover differential, and the dumbest coaching decision in the history of sports led to a Miami loss. I think you're paying the brain-dead coach tax if you take the Tar Heels. I'll take the Hurricanes. I'm going to take UNC. This number it started the week out at four. It's dropped down to three, and I think you're getting UNC in a good spot here. The, the defense has been much better, and the offense doesn't hold a candle to what Miami had. Miami cannot come close to what this UNC offense can do. I don't think that Miami can win this track meet. So I'm going to go with UNC, not only to win by more than three, I think they're going to win this game by double digits. Awesome. I like that, Tyler. I also have the Tar Heels. Last game here, Oregon State. They're minus three and a half versus UCLA. This ain't your father's Chip Kelly over at UCLA. This is not the guy who was running finesse and speed offenses at Oregon and trying to bring it to the NFL with the Eagles. This guy is a power football head coach. They're going to run on you. Uh, Dante Moore, the rookie quarterback, has struggled a little bit. But the defense... Oh, my goodness, the defense. Top three in pressure rate. And when you pressure DJ Uyunglele, he's not just bad. He's terrible. I'm going to take UCLA. Pottinger, don't worry about the points. UCLA goes up to Corvallis and wins outright. Go Bruins. I don't think UCLA wins outright, but when you give me the hook there at three and a half, I like UCLA in a defensive battle. That's another game. I like a lot of unders today. Weather has a, a big part of that to yeah, do with a lot of that, but uh, I don't know what the weather report is up here, but I just think two very good defenses against two mediocre to bad offenses. So give me uh, UCLA with the points there. I don't think they went out right, though. I think this is a game that lands square on three. All right, those are our picks for the week. When we come back, we will craft our parlay. I'm feeling a winner this week. I don't know about you. It's about time we get a winner on the board. We're due. We'll do it next. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's College Tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Justin Pottinger and to Jack McGrath for producing today's show of Chicago's College Tailgate. Don't forget, we'll be on the road next week up at Fatty's in DeKalb, 1312 
West Lincoln Highway from 9 to 11 a.m. Next week, October 21st, we will be out in DeKalb. So join us. Tell your friends. Looking forward to hanging out with all of you for a rare Shay Norling appearance. I'm excited. Hang out with the people, talk some ball, and preview Northern Illinois and Eastern Michigan. Huskies and Eagles. Can't wait. Big game in the back. When do we get our Tuesday? Is it this week? I think we start getting Tuesdays this week. Because I think I saw the graphic out there that said it was like on Wednesday, every day from here until whatever the date is, like the end of January, we have football. Yeah, there was some, a lot of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but not a lot of Maction this week. Uh, so we'll see when the Maction Tuesdays get started. I think it's next week. Okay. All right. So looking forward to joining all of you out in DeKalb, Fatties, 1312 West Lincoln Highway. All right. Let's craft this parlay. We're right. due for a winner here. Maction starts November 7th. November 7th. All right. So we still have about three weeks. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. All right. No, we're not rushing into it. I don't want to rush to Maction. Maction's a great time of year. Let's yeah. not let's not get ahead of the curve here. All right, what do you like for our our parlay here? Uh, we got to craft something. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to boost the odds a little oh, bit. Oh, all right. I'm gonna go with something I gave you in the picks a segment ago. We're going UCLA on the money line up Ooh. in Corvallis. This is not typically a side you want to lean into when you see a team going up to Corvallis, Oregon. It's a tough place to play, one of the sneaky, hostile environments, Beaver Stadium and college football. But this UCLA defense travels, they pressure, they run stuff. I think this Oregon State team has a really difficult time scoring today, and UCLA gets the win in Corvallis. UCLA money line for the parlay. All right, so you're going out on a limb there. I am going to go back to the well of what I was on last week. I'm just this is, feels like one of those things you just kind of keep riding until the magic dies out here, but LSU playing the game over and they take on Auburn today in Death Valley, 60 and a half. This LSU defense cannot stop anybody. And even though Auburn is an uninspiring offense, I know LSU is going to put up points on their own, and they're just going to surrender points the other way as well. 60.5 feels a little low for me. I'm going to go with the over 60.5 in Auburn and LSU. And that's an Auburn team that ran for over 200 yards on Georgia. Imagine what they're going to do to this Brian Kelly defense that sucks. I, yeah. I'm with it. Like the, uh, the LSU-Mizzou game last week soared over. LSU's been playing super high point totals all season. I I love the play here over 16.5 LSU and Auburn. All right, let's go to the producer booth. Justin, what's your lock today, brother? All right, I'm going back to the Ohio State and Purdue game where I'm going to take under 52.5. Yes, the under is the play in this game. I feel like the only reason why this over-under is over 50 is because of the Buckeyes, but with the weather out today, the road game, and frankly all three of their running backs out, I see the Buckeyes struggling in the first half. The under is the play, under 52.5. All right, so there it is. Let's read it off for you here. I've got UCLA on the money line, Auburn at LSU over 60.5, Ohio State Purdue under 52.5. That goes out to plus 810. And on FanDuel, you get a little 50% profit boost on a parlay, boost you out to plus 1215. That's so we, big. We we could we could erase all of our losses for the year. This is huge. If this that. one hits at twelve to one, we are in business, boys. Yeah, 
The, the, and I'm feeling it this week. We're due for one. Here. Every week it's been two wins, one loss. It's yeah. about time we get all three That's of them the to go through. the beauty of it, too, is like... There's one guy you're pissed at every week. Yeah, last week it was me. Apologies for the Texas A&M call. Oh, Jack, how'd Kentucky do? <laughs> Where's Jack well, at? you made him pivot. You I made did. him pivot to I, Iowa, and that was a winner. I saved him with the Iowa pick. We didn't have to be mad okay. at Jack last Pat week. Pat yourself on the back. I saved <laughs> the young lad. Pat yourself on the back. Wanted to take Kentucky and the 14-and-a-half Georgia won by 40. I saved the young lad from being the one we were mad at, and instead I if put myself think, in the sights. Yeah, because Jimbo Fisher is a bleephole. Wow, so noble of you. No, you know I'm so noble. I'm looking out for the young guns. Okay, that's what you're doing. Um, all right, just kind of wrapping things up here um, on the show because we've got so many good games on the slate. The 11 a.m. window is not too intriguing. You really get things going at 2.30 with this Oregon-Washington game and then the nightcap. There's a couple good ones. You've got USC-Notre Dame. You've got Miami-North Carolina. Not the best slate that we've seen, but it should be good games. Like When we went through our pick segment, a lot of three-point spreads, and that's usually the telltale sign of we're in for a great college football day. The good news, too, if you're uh, looking at how you're going to watch some of these games, the Easy good, to spread it out. The good Pac-12 games aren't on Pac-12 Network. Yeah, we can true. watch them. Thank God. The one that you get screwed on is Arizona-Washington State. Yeah, but it's like if I have to miss Arizona-Wazoo, I'm okay with and that. let's if be I honest. Get, like you're gonna be di- at that point, you're going to be dialed into USC-Notre Dame exactly. and Miami-North Carolina. If I got to miss Cal and Utah, I can live. If, I had to, if Oregon-Washington were on Pac-12, I would have rioted in the streets. If... UCLA, Oregon State were on Pac-12, I'd be rioting. It's one thing if it's on Peacock, right? Like, if Oregon, Washington was on Peacock, I'm not thrilled by it, but I get it. Pac-12, I'm SOL. I have no options here. Last week, I got a free trial for one of the cable, the internet cable stream providers just so I could watch the Colorado game on Pac-12 Network. Jeez. It was brutal in the streets, Tyler. Brutal in the streets. It sucks that the Pac-12 is coming to a close, but the best part about it is that it is the death of the Pac-12 network. Yeah, now it's going to be the Mountain West network. Yeah. Um, All right, that's going to do it for us. Remember, we will be out at Fatty's in DeKalb, 1312 West Lincoln Highway, next week, October 21st from 9 to 11. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Thanks to our friends at Twin Peaks for bringing you Chicago's College Tailgate. Peggy and Dion coming up next. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.